Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a podcast from The Bugle. The man before you has come from the future. His voice is grave, his eyes desperate. He comes from a time of endless suffering. Merciless armies have bathed the world in blood. His rebellion has no chance of winning the war. And so he has travelled to the past, to you, to convince you not to invent the technology that will lead to the end of his world, to convince you not to invent stirrups. Without stirrups, the Mongol horde won't be unstoppable horse archers. They'll just be regular, stoppable... On foot archers, he thanks you profusely before returning to the year 1225. You are far too late to solve his problem for him, but you offer him the best your age has. Hope that humanity will survive despite the rise of the Khans in the steppes. You give him the gift of the gargle. Welcome to the gargle. This is the Sonic Glossy Magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world, all of the news, none of the politics. And this is a science special edition uh, with me, your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this edition, Tom Neenan and James Colley. Hello. Hello. I can't wait for the angry emails about the Mongols there. <laughs> it's one of those A things where you'd be surprised. Emails, you say. No. They're yeah, not the really an email sending type, though, so I think you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> you would be surprised at how many people are pedantic about the Khans and the, Mon- the the reasons for the technological rise of the Mongols. Before we straddle our sturdy step beasts and ride into the battle that is this week's top stories, let's have a look at the front cover of the magazine. The front cover of this week's magazine at first glance is just a normal magazine cover, a beautiful woman in beautiful clothes. But wait, what's wrong with her hands and why does she have so many ears? Is this the new beauty standard, you think, fingering a place on your face where some more ears could be? Uh, And the headlines say, Celebrity face amalgamation, how to look your best without getting sued for copyright infringement. Uh, What not to eat, which of these images is food? Uh, And celebrity nip slips you can make at home. (laughs) The satirical cartoon uh, is this week is human astronauts arriving on an alien world addressing a gathering of the local aliens. The astronaut says, we come from another world to give you advanced technology. It's called social media. It's sort of like the smallpox blankets of civilization. Dark. Yeah, that's what I'd do if I wanted to ruin someone. <laughs> I'd introduce social media. Do you know about the dark forest theory of like alien interaction? Like the idea that um, the reason that you haven't 
interact like that humanity hasn't met with aliens the idea like this theory is that any sufficiently intelligent alien civilization that could meet you would also understand that any other sufficiently intelligent alien civilization is a threat to their alien civilization so they decide to stay very very quiet about the fact that they're an advanced civilization <laughs> while we are the only ones left traipsing through the galaxy going da 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 here are our tv shows <laughs> does that mean that at some point logan paul is going to discover um like some alien civilization in the dark forest by accident and then film it and then have to <laughs> apologize for filming it which is very on brand uh logan paul has long since been uh, replaced in the annals of uh japanese tourism scandals by a guy called johnny somali oh who broke into a construction site in order to be obnoxious for his YouTube channel and then uh, has recently been booted out of Japan after spending, I think, three or four months in jail, presumably re regretting his desire to <laughs> monetize being an asshole. It would be pretty annoying for that to happen because this is the nation that saw a former PM assassinated and went, you know what? He's got a point, actually. This assassin really <laughs> kind of crushed this assassination. It was ingenious. Well done. You know what? We're going to dissolve this guy's party. Good, good point, assassin. <laughs> Incredible. Have you ever struggled with your crayfish cloning themselves too much? <laughs> the top story for this week is how do you solve a problem like self-cloning crayfish in Burlington, Ontario? Tom Neenan. Uh, mm -hmm. you've seen you've seen the crayfish multiply. Can you unpack this story for us? Yes, thank you. Um, first of all, props to the crayfish. Being able to clone themselves and they don't even have opposable thumbs. Like, that is... we. It took us ages to clone one sheep, whereas they have been cloning themselves, it seems, for time immemorial, so well done. Basically, there's a problem. And the problem is that crayfish can reproduce in this way. They then spread out and basically destroy the environment around them. Um, crayfish, if you will, are the white people of the crustacean world. And so they need to be stopped before, you know, they get ideas about their station. So basically they're finding a way of, of like draining lakes and things like that stops these crayfish, which reproduce, it seems almost exclusively, but via cloning. Uh, although I'm not sure how they check this because I can't tell the difference between one crayfish and another. I know that's technically crayist. Uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, the... So I'm not but sure no, how they. I, I don't think so. I don't think it counts as criticism if it's accurate. Uh, okay, they <laughs> are indistinguishable from each other because they are genetically clones of one there another. I'm sure they have their own personalities. Let's. Yes, exactly. I hope so. So, so apparently this is how they've been doing it, and it's been exacerbated by the fact that people have been keeping crayfish as pets, which I think is. I can only assume that a crayfish is a very low maintenance pet. Like that isn't one that's like <laughs> it's like really happy to see you when you get home and starts jumping up and everything, or has to, wants to share a bed with you or something. Uh, and I've never seen a crayfish roll over, so I'm not sure they can be trained to do that. But yeah, crayfish are. I, so this is some kind of natural cloning, I'm assuming. I, I'll be honest, this is a science special. I'm not so up on the science of how they do this. If anyone wants to enlighten me on how to do it, then I would be delighted to hear it. Oh, well, this is, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but um, right. they're not actually cloning. They're just all twins. And um, one of them goes in one end of the machine. The other one comes out the other end. It's a whole thing. It doesn't really make as much sense as you want when you examine it. Um, I don't think you're, you're crazy, though. This is like part of the problem. Like the, the scientists working on this said it took 
two years for them to ID successfully the first crayfish, which is in part because of a quirk of uh, the crayfish species, like this variant of their species, in which they never bring their wallets. Absolutely never bring a wallet wherever they're going. <laughs> Makes them terrible to go out to dinner with. I would say if you're going out to dinner with a crayfish, put the crayfish in a tank, pull the lobster out, have dinner with a lobster now. Much nicer dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Jordan Peterson's whole shtick. <laughs> this, like, so you're right, this started with pets. It started as a German pet trade in the 90s, which mm. is amazing because you scratch the surface on any social problem and you find a German engineer mucking about. <laughs> we, we've had like, so this happened a lot in Australia with our own invasive species. And you're right, it also happened first with white people. So it's interesting mm. that these are kind of the precursors. Uh, but they, um, <laughs> They show up. We have this invasive pest. So um, any Australian listeners will know this. Anyone outside, I don't care what you think. Uh, but it's called <laughs> the cane toad. And um, so the cane toad uh, is invasive pest, uh, probably the worst after the, the English. The brother of the able toad here. and then they <laughs> stack. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so we we came up with like a a quite like interesting scientific way to have to limit the spread of these things which is um you take a, a simple golf club and you give that to any teenager living on the border of new south wales and queensland and they stand on the new south wales side and they hit them back into the queensland side and some people <laughs> would ask is this cruel but it's not technically cruel because the teenagers do enjoy it and i take a, a well and it's a crime view. that's being perpetrated against queensland so exactly. <laughs> and if there look if there are two people in a situation and one enjoys it heaps and the other not at all it kind of evens out to zero and i would love you to not <laughs> apply that to any other situation but the one i just described i don't i saying it out loud now don't love that as a universal <laughs> maxim but, but if one of them's a toad let's say okay Mm -hmm. See, I'm Irish, so, um, you know, my family originally from Ireland, so we, the way we deal with pests is we get a fictional saint to drive them out, uh, which, and I, by the way, I, I've never investigated that, what exactly the driving out of the snakes from Ireland actually uh, constituted. I'd like to imagine it was a road trip um, and that Patrick just had to tolerate a load of, like, a mixtape of hisses or something in order to uh, to get them over the border. But, uh, but yeah, hey, whatever floats your boat, uh, pest control-wise, I guess. It's interesting that no other nation has the story of the saint that showed up with just a lot of snakes one day. <laughs> Far too many Irish snakes showed up. Just a f*** ton of snakes. Yeah. Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. Do you need to kill someone but don't want to get out of bed? Are you less concerned mm -hmm. with collateral damage than convenience? Then you need drone warfare. <laughs> drone warfare. What could go wrong? <laughs> and this episode of the podcast is brought to you by tools. Tools. Teeth for your hands. All technological progress is a straight line. The new is always better than the old. If you don't embrace all new technology, you're a Luddite. Don't be a Luddite. Buy the most transparent, disrupting, ever new source of hydration. Half a glass of water, now <laughs> app enabled and on the blockchain. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Ah, the blockchain is, is just what I call it when I freeze it into little ice cubes. <laughs> your next top story is the news that your memory of an event is going to be way more traumatic than the lead up to an event. Uh, James Colley, you understand this problem. As someone who's 39 weeks pregnant, I feel like... I'm about to face this problem. Um, but actually, I think with childbirth, you like you, you, your memory erases itself from hormones so that you, you make the same mistake again. Um, so can you unpack this story for us? Yeah, I also do imagine that the kid is going to end up being much more memorable than the event that they came from. Like, I'm sure you'll have some moments of like, where, how did you show up here again? Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're never like, who's this person in my house? Why are you so small? <laughs> um, I, I, I found this fascinating. So I would like to dub this the Charlie Brown vindication principle because uh, <laughs> as he is lying in the ground, he remembers clearly being on the ground in pain. He remembers Lucy walking away with the football, but we cannot be certain he has a clear memory of all the events that led up to that <laughs> moment. So therefore, if he falls into the trap again, do you know what? That's not on us. Uh, this is... There's a little bit of it. So part of this story is like that um, based on like the the analogy they use is like a, a true crime podcast. You're listening to a fact so shocking that makes you pull the wheel and you crash. And then you'll remember more about the crash than um, the lead up, which I would give a strong dirt rating because like if I was in a horrific car crash because I was listening to a podcast that shocked me and stuff and you asked how did that podcast start? Like, you're asking the wrong question. Can we start with, <laughs> how are your bones? Is everyone alive? <laughs> well, I think almost by definition, if you're about to have an accident, you're not paying attention. Yes, so exactly. I, not to question the science here, but it does feel like... I do like, though, it does mean, so our, uh, the, part of the reasoning behind this is our, our brain auto-edits traumatic moments, so our brains have their own little pet hunter at work being like, mm, that didn't really work, let's let's cut straight to the bit where you pissed yourself in a lecture theatre. <laughs> That's a random yeah, example that didn't happen. <laughs> your, your brain understands narrative construction. Cut to the action. Get into the meat. Yeah. Start in the middle of the scene. Don't, don't give us all this lead up. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So does this mean, so basically trauma can improve your memory, is that right? That is the worst, like, that's the application <laughs> that, is... that a general hears in a war movie. <laughs> very, very bad. So basically if you're cramming for an exam or something, just have on, like, I, I don't know, a top 10 worst gory moments from TikTok and, uh, and just, like, make yourself <laughs> no. watch it. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's what you want to do. Break up immediately before a study session. That's yeah. that's pretty good to work. <laughs> if this data carries through into more uh, sort of persuasive results than this initial study, uh, it is going to mean that someone's not going to be able to say, I'm sorry, my grandmother died. That's why I need special consideration for this exam, because they'll be like, well, you should remember all of the facts. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. The more you loved her, the more you should learn. Yeah. <laughs> 
In fact, you really need a distinction on this. So, Grandma, time to run up and down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> now it's time for our life hacks section. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review. But because this is a special edition, we're asking our guest editors to bring in some life hacks for our listeners. Ways to improve your life in the hackiest possible way. Tom <laughs> Neenan, what have you brought in for us? Yes. Uh, need money and need it quick. And all you have are some sheets of A4 paper and some old pens. Fear not. I've got a way of turning those old pens and those sheets of paper into cold, hard cash that you can spend immediately. Basically, what you do, and I'm not sure if this works in Australia, but certainly in the UK, this is a culture that works brilliantly. You find a high street with a lot of pubs on it. You go into each pub uh, with the paper and the pens and you say to people at tables, um, are you doing the quiz? And they go, oh, do the quiz. Um, and then you collect money off them. You give them a sheet of paper and a pen. You collect that from everyone in the pub. And then you leave the pub. You know what? No one's ever sad there's not. Like, people do the quiz out of, uh, out of you know, some sense of duty. When it doesn't happen, they're happy. You're happy you've got the money. No one's any the worse off. You can make up to £400 a night using that technique. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. I know we're not giving review. It's not reviews, but I give that ha- a life hack a five-star rating. Uh, James, what have you brought in? <laughs> what have you brought in for us as a life hack? This is the kind of hack that um, the mainstream doesn't want you to know about that you won't learn at Harvard Business School and you won't learn it anywhere but the streets. And here's what it is. <laughs> you can leave. Like when things are bad and they stink, you can go. Like, you know, wheels were made for rolling, mules were made to pack. I've never seen a site that didn't look better looking back. Like, if you're having a hard time, just hightail it out there, Mr. or Mrs. Go. What are they going to do? Bring you back? Then go again. Consequences can only catch you if you have a fixed address. And let me be very clear. This is legal and financial advice from an expert, and I encourage you to apply this broadly to your own personal circumstances. And if it all goes wrong, you can try and call me on it. Good luck finding me, bozo. I'm going to go. This is the original pitch for Jack Reacher. (laughs) (laughs) James Colley just kept walking. And now it's time for fake science news. And this is the science news that a lot of science news is fake. Tom Neenan, uh, you are a very good painter and could probably forge a fake document. Can you (laughs) unpack this story for us? Certainly. And I'll do it in a fitting style. Whoa. Here's some information for you. Boy, oh boy. (laughs) Turns out, get this. Whoa. That. A lot of scientific journals, get this. What a shocking fact. Are either not worth the paper they're printed on or contain a lot of uh, padding. Oh boy. Can you imagine? (laughs) So much padding. So that the content of these reports... We aren't actually. <laughs> I'll stop that. Uh, yeah. So apparently, there's a crackdown on what they call poor, the poor quality or indeed fraudulent papers, which uh, and these things called paper mills, which churn out loads of publications from uh, from sort of institutions. I guess in order to either inflate their sort of sense of or, or, or their standing uh, academically, um, and and it, people there's a report that's being launched to kind of crack down on this. And I can only hope 
that that this report basically is one of the worst written things that they get ai to write this report in like four days they publish it and it's really bad quality because that is the only way that it makes any sense um so yeah so i'm guessing that like a lot of these are just like yeah these these are reports documents uh doctoral theses as well with that that kind of thing be included in there that just get churned out and they are absolute nonsense and i for one can't wait, wait to read every single one of them it's so devastating because basically it's come from this very uh, positive intention, which was to measure how good academics are, mm. which is sort of a thing that you can't really do because you don't know if someone's just going to stare out the window for 10 years smoking a pipe and then revolutionise their entire <laughs> field. Uh, but the way that they decided to measure successful academia was by number of papers put out in number of places and then ranking those places as to whether they're good or not. So you could either write a very good paper and have accepted by a very good journal or you could churn out 1,000 pieces of dog shit and publish them <laughs> in uh, Dog Shit Daily and uh, thus boost the points for yourself and therefore for your <laughs> university. And it's just led to, from every academic I've ever spoken to, just the absolute decline of academia across the board. I don't think anyone <laughs> thinks this is a good thing. Nobody's having a good time, mm -hmm. uh, except presumably the people who have started these fake journals that you have to pay to play in. Uh, James, <laughs> have you published any <laughs> fake papers recently? i, I got to say, I, I did a physics degree and I turned in some bullshit. So if everyone could muddy the water <laughs> on what science looks like, that would have really helped me out across this. It is very funny that after all of this crackdown on, on the academia, the lack of funding, all of these new pushes and pressures we have, we've just gone to the idea that maybe, just maybe, quantity is not better than quality. <laughs> we should not have prioritised who could produce the most science. <laughs> Perhaps the best science could be a better thing to focus on. Um, the only problem I have with this is I don't trust this report because I'm not sure if this is one of the real journals or one of the fake journals. <laughs> I have never heard of no nature before and nature.com that's a fake link if I've ever seen one. So I'm not sure if this is happening at all. I think this is a trap just to sell us I suppose nature. They're going to try and make you buy a tree. <laughs> I, I keep trying to talk uh, producer Chris Skinner into uh, giving me access to JSTOR, but apparently that's like prohibitively expensive and only for institutions. Um, so, oh, Alice, you you have to understand like if you there's special um, ways you can apply for JSTOR, which is uh, you message your uni student mate still and you trade that accreditation for let's say a Netflix, <laughs> maybe a Disney Plus password. <laughs> This is how academia was supposed to work. Just send them a photo yeah. of some property that you own, and just like that, just seeing that will make it inspire them enough <laughs> that they'll want to uh, they want to share it with you. Uh, at the moment, I uh, the only property I own is is uh, these four walls, and they're made of <laughs> curtains. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's time for our Lost Atlantis news, my favourite kind of news. If you ever <laughs> listened to the last post and uh, followed the story of, of New New Zealand, you will understand that I am obsessed with the idea 
of lost continents. And there is a lost Atlantis continent off Australia that may have been home for half a million humans 70,000 years ago. And uh, if you convert that into today's currency, that's at least 8 billion humans. So, uh, James Colley, uh, you like putting your face underwater and seeing the uh, marvels that there dwell. Can you unpack this story for us? It's a bit of a um, mixed case for me because um, my grandfather lost his continents and it was just really upsetting and disgusting for us all. But um, <laughs> I, I've fallen for this before. They just want me to swim out there so they can steal my joggers. They're not getting my joggers. But the idea is that there might have been a... This is something that we weirdly got taught about quite a bit, that there would be like some kind of land shelf, ice shelf, between Indonesia and East Arnhem Land, which is in the Northern Territory, kind of the top end of Australia, um, that people could migrate over. Um, there's like long histories in these cultures of of both sailing, but also stories of walking. And there's very interesting parts of, um, of this actual story, which is like the idea that um, part of the evidence for this is a major influx and increase in cave paintings in East Arnhem Land after a certain point that would have happened during the migration. Uh, that those cave paintings have different styles. And it's particularly interesting because right now in this exact same area, a mining operation, multiple mining operations are destroying these cave paintings and melting the ice shelf. So it's really like, all right, can we get as much information about this as we can real, real quick? Because there are two elements that are very important to understand this story. And I am not sure we're going to have them for long. But the idea to me that Atlantis is Australian is the funniest thing in the world. The Addy Cakes, Little Lanty, <laughs> Lanty, I'm just ducking over to the Lost City of Lanty. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Firstly, wonderful news for the NRL, which needs to expand, has been looking towards Pacific nations. It would be wonderful to get another continent out there so we can get rugby league really to the stage it needs to be in this country, a truly <laughs> national game. Uh, I think it would be fantastic news for everyone who wants to take their little scooters back from their Bali holiday, that you could just ride that straight back. I'm not just proposing that. I Like, we dredge this. We bring this back, right? Yeah, like, that's the plan. Yeah. We don't just be like... Oh, there was a city. Shame it's not there. This is exactly what happened with Sega World in Sydney. Everyone told me that there was Sega World. And you would go there. And Sonic the Hedgehog did a little musical. And then by the time I got to the city, it wasn't there anymore. And everyone had already enjoyed it. Well, bring it back is what I'm saying. I don't care if there's a lost new continent. Find me a new continent and put a Sega World on there. That's all I'm asking. Is that too much to ask? To clarify for the listener, uh, James Colley talking about NRL, which is Rugby League in Australia. Uh, there are various mm -hmm. different codes of rugby that are played. You have uh, Rugby League uh, and mm -hmm. Rugby Union and AFL. Um, and generally, there's considered to be a bit of a, a class division. Rugby League is considered a more working class <laughs> man's sport. Uh, rugby Union is considered a more sort of middle to upper class man's sport. And how AFL much Penrith is if you're in Melbourne. Dice I have in arm's reach right now. <laughs> it's about the Blue Mountains Panther. Um, this, interestingly, is uh, a Panthers <laughs> the artwork that was made for me in Panthers colors. Look, there's it's it's somewhat of a passion project. Uh, this is a, a bobblehead of the Pope. That's unrelated. I just. <laughs> I'm sure the Pope would be a Panthers fan. All I'm going to say is, as someone who uh, belongs to an island that uh, recently kind of declared independence from a much bigger island with a lot more resources, um, it would be it would be really handy if a bit of that like secret um, 
you know, secret traversable land could be found in between, uh, for instance, Dover and Calais. Because I just can't help thinking if we were all technically part of the same landmass and maybe they relaxed a few of the, um, you know, sort of a, a few of the, 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 the barriers to trade, that would really help us out. So I don't know if there's a way of sharing this little bit of land that you have secretly um, and maybe sort of raising it so it could be so it is walkable. Uh, then, yeah, that we would really appreciate that right now, especially seeing as uh, we're being battered by a storm as we speak, which will no doubt play merry havoc with our infrastructure. I mean, I'm looking forward to to trying to raise this uh, this swath of land mm-hmm. um, by boosting its self esteem. Just going and standing <laughs> on the edge of Australia and shouting positive slogans. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this special edition of the Gargle. Uh, do you have anything to plug, Tom Neenan? Uh, follow me on Instagram at TP Neenan. Um, and anything else you can buy the complete series of The Hauntoning I think on audiobook if you fancy doing that uh, I think that's by Penguin Books or Audible do it it's so good oh bless you um, yeah so, so do that if you want to feel spooky in these long winter nights uh, then do that as well excellent and James Colley have you got anything to plug I do. Um, if you are in Australia right now, you can pick up this book, which is also being shown on audio format, called The Next Big Thing. Uh, it's a romantic comedy about the big things in Australia. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's also on Audible if you would like to listen to that, um, read by someone called Miranda Tapsell, who I've heard is very good. Um, so, uh, yeah, check that out. Have you, did you did you hear she was very good during your wedding vows to her? <laughs> oh, there, that's where it came up. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, she is one of the all-time greats. I would call her a national treasure. <laughs> I would, but she also has filmed something with Nicolas Cage, and I worry about labelling her as a national treasure in case he tries <laughs> to take her. <laughs> uh, you can find me online at patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. I'm currently, if you're listening to this, on maternity leave, so please uh, throw some money my way. I do. I, I will be running my regular Patreon events after a few weeks. Um, and that's in, that includes uh, two weekly writers meetings, salons, book clubs and various fun things as well as free access to all of my stand-up specials, uh, podcasts and blogs. That's patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. Also, this is an Alice Fraser and Bugle podcast production. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. Your editor is Ped Hunter. I'll talk to you again next week. You can listen to other programs from The Bugle, including The Bugle, Catharsis, Tiny Revolutions, Top Stories and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.